This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Consignment Heroes, heard Sunday afternoons at 1 on Zoomer Radio. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. The world doesn't need another sports show. It needs an awesome sports show. You're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. Neil, the boys are back. Let's talk sports. Good morning and welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto on the new AM740. I'm your host, Walter Rigabon. As usual with me in studio, my co-host, Naz Marchese. And joining us this week, uh, also in studio, welcome back, former Toronto Maple Leaf, Washington Capitol, Buffalo Sabre, Lou Franceschetti. Good morning, Lou. Good morning, gentlemen. How... How do you guys all feel on this brisk <laughs> March morning here? It's pretty brisk, uh, but uh, to all our listeners, uh, just in case you've forgotten, the clock's changed, and uh, it is now Eastern Daylight Time, and we are moving the clocks an hour ahead. Did I hour get that ahead, right? Spring ahead. We spring we're sprung ahead, ahead but certainly chilly out there. Big show today. We've got the voice of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Joe Bowen, and we also have uh, color commentator uh, for uh, analyst for ESPN Hockey, former coach of the of the Los Angeles Kings, Barry Melrose. So certainly looking forward to that. But a big game. Let's get to it right away, guys. We got to get uh, we got to get to Joe Bowen very shortly. Uh, big game last night. Uh, huge, huge two points for the Toronto Maple Leafs. wasn't wasn't one of their uh, most stellar efforts, but uh, a great play by Morgan Riley in overtime, and uh, somehow that puck got through and got into the net, and we took two points. Certainly, that uh, was a, was a fantastic result because at this time of year, you need every point. Take a look at what's happening in that division. You have Montreal, who's given up first place in that division, and Ottawa's there, and they and Montreal would be second. And right now, Boston will be third. And Montreal and Boston can play in the first round with Julian going back to Boston with the Montreal Canadiens. Can you imagine? And the Leafs could end up in that spot, too, and play Montreal. That would be even more fascinating. Leafs-Habs. How about that one, Lou? Uh, Incredible. Yes, it definitely (laughs) would. How about the Leafs-Caps? Maybe first-round matchup. How about that? Yeah, Louis, how about that? You're a former capital and former Leaf. Who would you go for? (laughs) The team that wins the first four games. <laughs> yeah, the best. <laughs> I know I won't be able to wear any uh, Washington Capital paraphernalia uh, up in the alumni uh, box. Uh, <laughs> you want me to give you a little bit of advice on that one, Lou? Yes, I yeah, think you I, should. I think if I were you and you were and you were making an astute, prudent decision, I would stick with the blue and white. You think there's, so? Yeah, there's certain privileges you have around this city. <laughs> there's certain privileges which we won't name on the air. But uh, I don't think you would want to do anything to offend uh, the good people at MLSE who uh, who treat you so well. So what should I do in my fantasy pool then? Should I go stock up on all Leaf players? 
Well, uh, that discussion we'll have off the air. It should be an interesting first round, that's for it sure. It definitely would. What did I say here last year about the Washington Capitals? I don't remember. Uh, well, elucidate when, us. When, re- refresh when, our memories, when Luke. When Trocek was on, the Washington Capitals will never win a cup with Mr. Ovechkin in the lineup. <sighs> and uh, you want to elaborate on that one again? Uh, and no, you I, still, I'll, feel, I'll, you I'll still just, feel that way? I still feel that way. They have to prove me wrong. They don't have enough on other parts on that team. I mean, they got a pretty solid. I mean, come on, Lou. They they got, they have, they've got a pretty solid team. They got one of the best goaltenders in the world. They've picked up Shattenkirk. Uh, Backstrom is having uh, his career year. He's he's he's, he's he, you know he's having a phenomenal season. Um, they've got T.J. Oshie. They you know they've got depth. They've got a good coach. Um, I, I don't see how you can make this outlandish statement that they'll never win because they've got Ovi in the lineup, who's one of the greatest players in NHL history. I don't. Are you, are you going to doubt Mr. Sidney Crosby? Oh, what, what they what they did last year? Are you going to doubt what Columbus is doing this year? It, it's just a situation. No, but your, where, your comment that your comment was with Ovi in the lineup, the Capitals will never win the Stanley Cup. You know, you know. They've had four, I, I think had I think that's a, quite frankly I think that's a ridiculous comment. But uh, you know there are other good teams in the league. Obviously Pittsburgh with uh, with Crosby and and Columbus. But you know let, let's let's be fair. Washington is fully capable of winning the Stanley Cup, and you know Ovechkin's not going to cost them the cup. He may not be able to win it by himself, just the way Crosby doesn't win cups by himself. I, it's I never, a team game. I never said anything about. Ovechkin not winning the cup or not playing up to his capabilities. I'm just saying there's a stigma on the Washington Capitals. There's four times I think they were President's Cup and they never got by the second round, even two years with Bruce Boudreau. Uh, the only reason, the only season. I mean, I mean, historically, Lou, there's been a lot of teams that have had that difficulty getting over the hump. I mean, San Jose has never been able to get there. The Detroit Red Wings for the longest time. Uh, until they made their breakthrough, were were criticized for the same thing. Um, you know, maybe it's, this is just this, maybe is, this the is the year. This maybe, is the maybe, year. Maybe this is the year that they actually start realizing that they have to play the playoffs like they did the eighty-two games, not like last year where they went out and started running everybody. That, Pittsburgh's that moved. playing awfully well, though. Pittsburgh's playing awfully well right now, and you know they're a wild card. Team. They're a division second and third place team. They're not even first. This is a scary, scary situation, right? Montreal would rather finish second than first against if they if they finish first they have to play the Rangers first round. Anyways, guys, I'm sorry I got to interrupt. Uh, we've got Joe. Uh, we've got Joe Bowen is going to be on the line very very shortly, and he, I know he's down in Carolina, and he's got he's got to, he's got to get going. So we're going to go to break, and we're going to get Joe Bowen back right after the break. It was a rainy day in Pizzaville when they got up in my grill. Ponzo Combo, Ponzo Combo. You get two Ponzerotti with two toppings per, plus ten chicken wings, I say for sure. Ponzo Combo, Ponzo Combo. That's nineteen ninety nine. A deal, for real, a steal. Ponzo Combo, Ponzo Combo. Yo, visit pizzaville.ca or pound 3636 from your cell phone, word. If you live and breathe basketball, Saturday's just got a whole lot better. Brand new to Yes TV, the Canadian Basketball League is a new home of great basketball action in Canada. Playing every Saturday on Yes TV. Good players, great basketball, 
international rules. Watch the full coverage live every Saturday at 8 p.m. on Yes TV. Steel's Paint in Woodbridge, an enormous 20,000-square-foot superstore that carries nothing but the best. Superior staff, superior advice, superior selection, superior everything. When you have a really tough job to do, they can knock it down to size. They'll show you how to get it done right, and because they only sell the best of everything, you'll get it done to last. That means superior satisfaction. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge, the best. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Vaughn. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada, and the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com, or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. The only thing I love more than sports is sports radio. Take it away, boys. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Another right hand by Brown. LaFave gets an uppercut. Down goes Brown! Down goes Brown! And LaFave leaves him there. TKO. Robbie Brown down like he was shot. Good morning. Welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. That, of course, was the iconic voice of Joe Bowen, who this week celebrated his 3,000th game uh, for the Toronto Maple Leafs. We're pleased to welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour the voice of the Toronto Maple Leafs, Joe Bowen. Good morning, Joe. How are you? Morning, guys. How are you today? Well, we're doing great, Joe. i got to forewarn you. I want to apologize ahead of time. Uh, last time we had you on the show, we promised we'd never get you back on with uh, Lou Franceschetti at the same time. Unfortunately, he dropped in this morning, so we're going to have to subject you to Lou again this morning, Joe. Uh, Joe, we no, apologize I, for I that. Have a hang up, I have a hang-up button here. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, Joe, all, all kidding aside, uh, first of all, on behalf of... Uh, beha- everything. Uh, on behalf of myself and Naz, uh, we, we want to, and, and, and of course, on behalf of all of our listeners, uh, sincere congratulations on what uh, what we consider to be a significant, tremendous accomplishment. And uh, we've loved every minute of uh, listening to you on the air for 35 years and uh, in over 3,000 games, now 3,002. And uh, our sincere congratulations. It certainly is a tremendous accomplishment, Joe. Well, I, thank you very much, guys. I think all it proves is that I'm getting old and that I know where most of the skeletons are buried, so they can't fire me. Uh, Joe, you started uh, back in, th- in uh, 1982, and uh, we, uh, we've we heard uh, so much uh, accolades for you this week, and it's uh, refreshed a lot of our memories. And your very first game was at the uh, what they call the Madhouse on Madison at the Chicago Stadium. And uh, there's an interesting story about how you got there with some big burly cab driver. But uh, your recollections of that first game and uh, why, and you've always said it's one of your favorite rinks to, uh, to call the game, uh, the Madhouse on Madison. Tell us a little bit about your <coughs> recollection, re- recollections of your first game and why the Chicago Stadium is such a special place to call games from. Well, I mean, uh, the story is uh, I got in a cab with the 
biggest burliest cab driver I've ever seen, and we started down West Madison Street, which in those days was really a pretty tough neighborhood of Chicago. And uh, I thought I was going for my last ride before I even got to do my very first game. But the mausoleum of the Chicago Stadium came out of the horizon, and I actually got there. Um, the, uh, the great thing about the stadium and where we were, you had to walk up 97 stairs to get to the broadcast position. There were no escalators. There weren't any elevators. It was quite an old building. And uh, when you got there, you were suspended in a gondola with uh, tie rods that were hanging from the roof. And when they got that anthem going uh, with the, uh, the organ and, uh, and Frank Pellico at the organ and then uh, Wayne Mesmer at the time was singing the national anthem, uh, and Louis can certainly attest to this, uh, the back of your, the hair on the back of your neck stood up. And where we were in this booth, it was like a tuning fork because it would start to vibrate. And, I mean, it wasn't uh, every night you kind of glanced up, make sure the nuts and bolts were holding the thing together because you thought she might come down at any moment. But the the atmosphere in that building was unbelievable. And they've tried and done a marvelous job at the United Center to recreate that. And it is loud. And I've been there, and it's it's a wonderful atmosphere. But it is not the same. That old building was uh, uh, had no acoustics whatsoever. And so the noise level in it, uh, it was uh, unbelievable. And their last season, their catchphrase was, remember the roar. And uh, that was very accurate. It was uh, it, just for no a reason at all, uh, something would start, the roar would start, and it would engulf that building, and it was just unbelievable. Joe, what was your most memorable call? Well, I, I've had a lot of them, but I, I think uh, Nikki Borshevsky's goal is probably at the top of the list, um, um, mainly because when you get an important call like that, when it's an overtime goal and, uh, for all intents and purposes, it was the, the turning of the new uh, chapter in Leaf history because uh, Harold was gone. Uh, the ownership wanted to win. Cliff Fletcher had pulled off a huge trade the year before, um, uh, and it was you know really the, the first stepping stone to a franchise that had dedicated itself to try and, and win. Now they haven't they haven't done it yet, but there are a lot of other teams in the league who are doing the exact same thing and haven't had that success yet. But where I was in the Joe Lewis arena, I could see that Nicky Borshevsky had, in fact, just redirected the puck uh, by the tip of his stick off a shot from Bob Rose. So when you get an opportunity like that to make a call like that, um, you want to get it right. And I was very fortunate that I was in a position to know that right away. And years later, when the Blackhawks won the, the, their, their Stanley Cup uh, to end their drought, I felt so bad for the guys who had traveled and done all of the work and years and years of frustration because the winning goal, no one really knew it was in the net. It was, uh, it came kind of skated around back of the goal and almost got to the, the half board before anybody actually knew the puck was in the net. And so there wasn't that opportunity to make a great call on a, on a game and Stanley Cup winning goal. And we've never, and subsequently you've never heard anything uh, of that call because no one really knew it was in the net and it was almost an afterthought. Joe, congratulations. Uh, you know we've had our differences uh, over the years with certain teams. I don't really been... need to talk to you, Louis. Thanks very much. <laughs> 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 Is there a question? I have the offer. 
traffic here, Louie. I can turn you off, you know. <laughs> I know, but hey, listen, I'm giving you an accolade here. I'm not, I, oh, I know we've had our differences. Well, then I better be quiet because you'd never do that. <laughs> <laughs> I got to ask you, Joe, I got to get, I got to get this one in. I'm sorry. But you called, you called 3,000, uh, 3,002 games now, and I, I guess a few of them involve this, this gentleman that's sitting beside me here, Mr. Franceschetti. Ever remember this guy ever scoring a goal when, when, when you called the game? Any, any special call when Franceschetti scored a goal or a penalty or anything like that? Keep going, Joel. <laughs> I don't even remember him being in the league. <laughs> he, he, was, he, was, he was number 15 uh, in case. Uh, well, you know what? His name was so damn long, we changed it to Smith. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, it was, it's been a remarkable run, Joe, and uh, it's, it's, uh, and it's not over, and that's, we're not suggesting. It's nowhere near being over. We look forward to many, many, many more years of you calling Toronto Maple Leafs games. But you didn't, uh, you didn't do this all by yourself, and over the course of your 35 years, what, what we as the fans always appreciated was number one your passion um, and it always I always had the sense with with some of the gentlemen up you were with over over time and you know you've been with Jimmy Jimmy Ralph now for a while and of course there was the infamous Wilbur Bill Waters and uh, I noticed uh, you, you made a nice tweet about Harry Neal in his, his 80th birthday this week you, you wished him congratulations but it was always a team up there and 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 listening as fans we always got the sense that uh, you guys were calling a game, but you were having fun. You were having fun, and that's what made it sp- so special. You had some special guys you worked with. Uh, tell us a little bit about your uh, your chemistry and uh, and uh, what it meant to you to work with some of these some of these gentlemen. Well, you're absolutely right. And uh, actually, I thought Louis was actually going to ask a question, but now you've cut him off. Anyway. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we'll give him another go. All right, good. Uh, yeah, I have, and, and uh, right from the, Gary Monahan the first year, uh, I had Victor Hadfield work with me, and Brad Selwood, and then uh, Wilbur, and then uh, Gordy Stellick, and uh, um, Mark uh, Hebsher, along with uh, Harry Neal, uh, Jim Poplinski, and Scotty Bowman. I did TV with, uh, and then for 20 years, uh, I've been working with uh, with Jim Ralph and. The, the great thing about all of them was that they uh, they were knowledgeable. They were they if they weren't a broadcaster initially, they turned into a very good broadcaster. But they were all had great senses of humor and were self-effacing, and we could have fun at each other's expense. And uh, first off, we make mistakes all the time. Uh, misidentification. Uh, uh, last night I, I had the marble mouth going. I couldn't get people's names out. And then all of a sudden it became contagious and Ralphie got it. And we both were laughing at one another about trying to actually uh, have any kind of diction. So having said that, that's the great part about what we've done. Not every game is game seven like it was in Boston where it literally is World War III. Um, there's a lot of funny things that happen both in the booth and, and many times on the edge. Oh, Speaking of which, now I do remember a Franceschetti moment. <laughs> it had something to do with humor. I think he probably fell down or something. But anyway. <laughs> Thanks, um, Joel. Yeah, the, the bottom line is that, that, that they're not all uh, Rembrandts. Some of them are kind of ugly and look like a Picasso. So if you have some fun with it, maybe you keep uh, a listener uh, entertained for a little bit longer and, and uh, give them something to laugh about. So 
Um, I, I guess if I have a style, that would be it. That it's uh, that it's it, it's a fun two and a half hours, and uh, let's enjoy ourselves and let's hope that the right team wins at the end of it. But we've had a good night. Joe, uh, it's me again. Oh, Listen, yeah. I I really put you up there in the top five of all voices uh, in in all of sports with uh, with Vince Scully and Marv Albert and all those guys because it's just it seems like your voice is just it's the perfect thing for for hockey right now and it's it's more or less I've heard you for almost what since the Sudbury days when yeah. I was in Niagara Falls when uh, when you did the games down there but uh, yeah. the, the one question I wanted to ask you is. Which rink of all the old ones really made your skin crawl or your hair stack, stand up, other than, obviously, the Chicago Stadium? You know, I think the one, the one rink that really is a great rink, um, other than the Air Canada Centre, which I, I love dearly, is the Shark Tank. It, uh, they built an arena with a flat roof that is tin or metal of some sort. There's very little acoustics in it. And when they get roaring out there, it's it's a pretty neat building to be in. You know the the shark and the and the, the Jaws theme and various other things. I think if there was a, one other building that I really enjoyed, it was that the, the Montreal Forum was was great to be in as well. Uh, the new rinks are all very nice and got a lot of amenities and uh, and and are great for fans. Uh, many of them though uh, are not overly conducive to what we have to do, and unfortunately. Uh, I have to say that the worst one in the league now is the newest one in the league, and that's in Edmonton. Uh, for some ungodly reason, they didn't build a broadcasting gondola like they have in Montreal or in Toronto um, and or in Vancouver. And instead, they've stuck us at the back of this enormous facility, and you're a mile and a half away from the ice. And I, I, for the life of me, I can't understand how a Canadian rink would do that. The Americans, you know, it's, it's a basketball facility, and the guys sit on the floor and look at seven-foot-tall guys with numbers that are three feet high, uh, two feet in front of them. Meanwhile, we're back in somebody else's uh, area code trying to see from uh, that far away, trying to identify people that's numbers are minuscule. So I was really disappointed in, in what Edmonton has done. I, I don't know if there's any way of fixing it, but I find that to be an embarrassment to Canadian hockey and knowledge and, and broadcasting uh, uh, situations for sure. But I would go with San Jose, I guess, uh, Louis, to, to get your question answered quickly. Joe, I know you got to go. Do you have two more minutes for us? Yep. Okay, go ahead. Yes. Joe, um, you were in, you're in Raleigh, North Carolina, and last night's game seemed like there were a lot of Leaf fans and not very many Carolina fans. Being a Leaf broadcaster, do you see a lot of that across the league in the different NHL ranks so there are a lot of Leaf fans going to these games? Well, certainly an awful lot more this year, but uh, and Louis can attest to this when he was a player, uh, Leaf fans travel very, very well. Um, and Western Canada was always like going on a home road trip because um, and now when the, uh, the Leafs only get out there once a year as opposed to playing in the Western Conference where we were out there more often um, it is it is a big time leaf contingent in all of those locations. I, I think there's only one spot that I would say I don't see an awful lot of leaf fans, and that's Philadelphia <laughs> for very good reasons. <laughs> They're scared. But, but having said that, uh, even in New York, the island, 
Um, down here, uh, just like last night, it was it was uh, almost half and half. And I would think, <coughs> excuse me, with March break being on, we're probably going to see a big-time leaf presence in both uh, Florida and Tampa uh, on this road trip through Dixie. Anyways, we've been talking to Joe Bowen. Joe, uh, I know that uh, you're in Carolina. I know you've got a plane to catch. You've got to head down to Florida, so we won't keep you any longer. And we, we sincerely appreciate you taking the time for us this morning in your, in your busy schedule. I'll only say this, Joe. Uh, over 3,000 games, you made lousy games exciting, and you made exciting games even better. Uh, we've loved every minute that uh, you've been on the air. Uh, as Louis said, uh, we did a... We did a we did a piece a few years ago about the top hockey broadcasters of all time, and uh, you were high on our list, Joe. Um, sincerely, I know you're a self-deprecating type of guy, and but uh, you are a real treasure, and we love listening to you, and we hope we have the privilege of listening to you for many, many, many more years to come. Thanks for your time, Joe. Wally, if you don't be quiet, you're going to make me cry. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, safe travels. I, I, I do appreciate it. It's, uh, it's, it's been, what's really been neat uh, with this and with social media is people that I haven't heard from in many, many years <laughs> from broadcast outlets in Nova Scotia or back at home in Sudbury and other spots have reached out, and that's been very, very nice of them to do that, and I appreciate you guys uh, and your comments as well, and We'll see if we can't get. I think uh, game 3018 is going to be pretty special this year. We hope so. Safe travels, my All right. friend. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Keep well. See you, Joe. That, of course, was uh, Joe Bowen. Truly, uh, truly is uh, a treasure. It's, it's 3018th is their first playoff game. That's their year. first playoff game, and uh, we're certainly looking forward to that one. Anyways, it's time for our next break, our second break, and we'll be, ba- we'll be back right after the break. With Barry Melrose. I can't, I'm having problems getting it out this morning, Naz. Barry Melrose, right after the break. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville announced that you can get a three-topping party pizza with 24 slices for just $24. It's perfect for large groups on a budget, like staff meetings, sports teams, or special ops units. Go, 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 go! So before you break down any doors, get a three-topping party pizza with 24 square slices for just $24. Call Pizzaville on your cell phone at pound 3636. CBLTickets.com is how you get your family up close and in the action. Canada is the new home for up-and-coming basketball talent. Good players, great basketball, international rules. Watch the Canadian Basketball League and make an exciting sports night for the whole family that won't break the bank. Go to cbltickets.com and purchase tickets starting as low as $15.50. cbltickets.com. Give the gift of basketball. At 20,000 square feet, Steel's Paint and Woodbridge is Canada's largest independent paint store. Big deal, right? Big deal? Yes. The best brands, the best staff, the best advice, the best of everything. From color matching to brand selection, whether you're a pro or a DIYer, we'll look after you from the minute you walk in to the minute you walk in a second time as a completely satisfied customer. Big store, big deal, bigger satisfaction. Simple. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Bond. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada, and the most competitive pricing anywhere. 
It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. Are they ever wrong about sports? I can answer that in two words. Impossible. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto on the new AM 740. And if you're listening in downtown Toronto, you can also tune us in on 96.7 FM. Uh, we are hoping to connect with Barry Melrose. We'll keep trying. We've been unable to uh, to connect with him so far. And uh, if we're able to do so, we'll get him on the air. But uh, uh, a lot, a lot of other things to talk about. Let's talk about last night's game. We talked about it briefly earlier, and uh, we talked about it a bit with Joe Bowen, and uh, certainly uh, uh, a great result. But uh, we are in the thick of a playoff run, and um, how do you foresee that happening over the course of the next uh, next couple of weeks? We've broken down a bit, and as you might want to chime in on this one, we've broken. The, the Leafs scheduled down a bit. Of course, we've got the two games in Florida this week, and we've got some key games coming up, but it doesn't get any easier between now and the end of the season. So let's, uh, what, what's it going to take for the Leafs to, uh, to get through into the playoffs? I always talk about 92, 93 points as being the cutoff. Yeah, 92 looks like the number. 92 looks like I the number. I don't even know if 92 is going to be the number this year. And I... I I think their whole year is going to come up into the last four home games. They got Columbus, they Pittsburgh. got the Caps, they got Pittsburgh, and I think they got Tampa. And Tampa is a team with all the experience that they've had the last couple of years, and I think they might be getting Stevie Stamkos back. Um, they're, they're going to be a team to watch and really keep track of. And obviously this road trip uh, here, but mind you, listen, they can't look forward to any games ahead right now. They got to look forward to the game that they're going to play that night. And it's going to be, uh, you know, it's going to be a dogfight. The kids are going to grow up a lot. They're going to put a lot of hair on their chest in the next two weeks. Uh, and we'll see how they come up. I've noticed Babcock, uh, and he started at the game against, uh, not Detroit. Uh, who did they play on Thursday night? Yeah. I can't remember who they Philadelphia. played. Philadelphia. And they put out Bozak. At the at the end, and they were putting the young guys out in the last minute and a half before, and then that game they well, put Kadri and Bozak. Out. If you get face-offs, so, you want yeah, Bozak. Yeah. Bozak, out Bozak there. should be out there as a veteran, yeah. right? But he wasn't doing that before. He was uh, letting the kids play and learn and stuff. But I think he's uh, clamping down, and he's you know, well. You got to have play the veteran. Bozak's uh, he's the top I, face-off yeah, guy, isn't I, he? Top face-off guy. But I'm impressed the way he's played this. He's really the, the, but, the nobody's really talked about him. But it's all the, about the young isn't kids. Isn't it all about? I mean, Bozak got criticized, and, and, and in a lot of ways, he got criticized unfairly, I always said, because they always, he was, he was, for the last couple of years, they were slotting him in as their number one center, and he's not a number one. He, he was fulfilling, he was trying to fulfill a role that his skill set doesn't, didn't prepare him for. Bozak as a three or as a four is not a bad player. You know what? I mean, he's got he's got some. I, I don't use the word sublime skills, but you know he's 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 their best faceoff guy, mm-hmm. and and that one game that they lost was it the Rangers they lost in overtime, they had to throw a rookie out for a faceoff in overtime, uh, because Bozak was injured because Bozak would have been the guy out there taking that faceoff, and 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 it cost them the game. That faceoff cost them the game in that overtime. Well, 
So Bozak, you know, you, you put him in three in the three spot, he's an effective centerman. Number one spot, no, he's not a number one center. He's, uh, you know what, he's been their whipping boy the last couple of years. And, and, and unfairly, you know, uh, unfairly. Unfairly. Unfairly because it's not, he's put up 60 points a year yeah. playing with, with top players. But again, you look at crucial guys or, or certain guys that are number one, and he's he can fill the number one role, but he's not a full-time number one role. He's not a number one. No. Yeah, I don't he's, even he's know what good, you mean by he yeah. can fulfill a number one role. He's not well, a number he, one he, center in this but league. He's you're, played you're right. on every line. Like He's played yeah. one, two, three, yeah. four. And he's done that all, versatile. All, yeah, yeah. But yeah. He, he's a very good number two center that w- will take a lot of pressure off your number one guy. Yeah. But I think his role on this team, and, and unfortunately for Kadri, if he can move up into that second role, He'd be the perfect number three role because put with certain guys that can put the puck in the net, he can put up points, he's going to be a key face-off guy, he's a hard worker, and he's just a guy that just goes about, does his own business, doesn't need the, the accolades that the Marner and uh, Matthews and uh, Nylander get. He just goes out and does his work very quietly, and that's what you need for a number three centerman. I don't think he's ever going to be put in a number four only because you no, look at the slugs. Yeah, he's yeah, you look at the slugs that they four. got on the fourth line there. Yeah. There's no way the, he's four, the four guys tend to be the bigger guys that, that pound and yeah, eat create up. energy, create a little bit of energy, and pound the other team's defense around a little bit and get off the ice without causing too much damage to yourself. But going back to Bozak, talking about uh, uh, a, a gentleman who seems to be thriving under this new Babcock system where he's, you know, he's got a specific defined role more so than anything else. And uh, let's talk about another guy that you've been very, very, very critical of, okay? And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Naz, but you're, you're, you're more of a stats guy than I am. But how many goals does Kadri have so far this 28. year? 28. Uh, would you have expected Kadri at the beginning of the year to be 28 goals with uh, with uh, 12, 13 games left to play? No. no? I, 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 pe- I pegged him at 20, a consistent 20-goal scorer. Now, but, I kn- sorry, go ahead. Yeah, he, he's played well this year. He really has. Now, Lou, you've been critical of Kadri. Are you... Uh, are you still of that... Uh, are you still of that opinion, or are you going to... Uh, Come over to the dark side over here and suggest that he's actually had a pretty good year and he's fulfilling uh, now a pretty valuable role on this team under the Babcock system. I'm over on the dark side. I, I've been quite impressed, uh, and I'm uh, I'm happy that he for her, for him really, because it's taken him a long time. It's taken him yeah. six years to to put up the kind of numbers that that he has this year. He has showed up every single game. He's playing with that uh, with that vigor that they drafted him. Um, I know a draft. I know the, the Ottawa Senators actually went up to. Uh, I think it was Brian Burke and said, "Listen, if you're not taking Kadri, we are." And, and it's gonna, you know, it's good because he's playing with a couple of good offensive players. And Komarov is the kind of guy that gets under people's skins. You saw him the other night with Simmons. I think Simmons just wanted to knock his block off right off the, the face off there. Uh, and I'm, I'm really happy for not only him but also the Leafs that they finally got a guy with that stature. You know, going into this year, I know everybody criticized the Leafs for giving him the long-term contract that they did. But there were a certain. But they didn't uh, overpay. They, they didn't overpay. I mean, they're not, pay, they're not paying them huge though. dollars. That's no. a very tradable. I mean, that's that contract's looking like a bargain right now. Well, again, they thought that by signing him to the long-term deal, that they would have been easy for him to uh, maybe even trade for that missing piece that they really wanted. Uh, but again, I, you know what, I'm very happy at the way he's played. I have nothing bad to say about him this year. Uh, He's been the consistent hard worker. He showed up every game. He's backed his players up. And even when 
things aren't going well. He's out there causing a little bit of uh, trouble uh, along with uh, Komarov. We haven't had much of a chance to talk uh, about uh, uh, trade deadline, but uh, uh, and Naz, you know, pipe in on this one as well. I'll, I'll go to you first. Uh, first of all, the pickup of Brian Boyle, and are you impressed with his performance so far as a Maple Leaf? Brian Boyle's played okay. I thought he'd be better on the draw. He, he's not winning that many draws in his own end. He's missed quite a few. But I thought he'd be better. But he he needs time to adjust, right? He's he's coming from a Tampa Bay situation and New York Rangers. He needs time to adjust. The thing that I want to get back on the trade deadline that, that happened, Phil Pula was supposed to be going from Tampa to Toronto. He didn't want to come here. And he's a center, if I'm, not cor- yeah. if I'm correct, right? Who would they have gotten rid of? Because they would have to get rid of one of the centers. If Phil Pula's coming in to Toronto, would they have moved Bozak at the trade deadline? I'm, I'm, I wonder. Are you convinced? Are you convinced? Uh, I can't even pronounce his name. Philip was uh, was was coming to Toronto. I, I wonder if there's a little because bit. Because Nez, Nez uh, raises a very 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 good point that I hadn't thought about. Is why would you bring him in? Uh, maybe maybe that's just he, a rumor. He, he, well, he, you got to remember, Philip played for yeah, yeah. but he played for Babcock. That's right, and, and he didn't like and, it. And he left, <laughs> that's why he didn't come he, to that's Toronto. That's right, and he <laughs> left. He left Detroit to go to Tampa. So I'm, there's got to be a little bit of friction there with him waving uh, or non-waving the uh, his no trade clause in coming here again. Going players going the other way. We don't know who they could have been. They had uh, a trade in well, place. Well, if he comes here, right. then no. But hold on, if he comes here, then Boyle doesn't come here. Right? Yeah. It's one or the oh, other. And, and there was also it's one or the other, other right? That it was a dollar player with another year left on his contract. Uh uh-uh. uh. One of those guys had to be gone. Bozak would probably have been gone. Well, it would have been a bigger trade if well, they had brought both of those guys. Yeah. But the Leafs, money's not a problem for the Leafs right now. They've they got oh. so much money, they don't know what to do with it. Yeah, but still, They've got you, so much cap space. One need to absorb five for one year. That's not the end of the world, I don't think. One more year. One more year. Eh, no, it's not, no. You know what? Is he how how overpaid is he at five million dollars a year? Who uh, Philip? Yeah, I think he's a serviceable player at, at five, uh, at five yeah, million. At, is it a, at five million? Is that a tradable contract? Sure, it is. So you bring him in. You bring him in. You trade him. Yeah. If you don't want to keep them, you bring them in. And you, if it's a tradable contract, you bring them in and you trade them. If you don't, well, you look. At it, they picked up Boyle's contract, and his Boyle, uh, his contract runs out at the end of the year. And uh, what you were saying about you're not too, uh, you thought that he was a better faceoff guy. He's got a different role on this team yeah, than he has he in does, Tampa. Does. Yeah, totally. So you know, it, it, it's I know, a big adjustment for yeah, him. Yeah, it, it really is. You, where his role I, is I, a little I, bit more expanding I, in, I, in, uh, in Tampa than it is here. Yeah, I love Brian Boyle. I, I love Brian Boyle as a player. He, you know, he's he's he's. There's no question he puts his heart and soul into the game. He's a physical presence. But uh, doesn't he look slow in a Toronto Maple Leaf sweater? Compared, you know, having to throw him out there compared to, you know, like when you stick him out amongst that and you realize, you realize how quick the rest of the Toronto Maple Leafs are because he looks, he looks like, uh, uh, you know, a tall lumbering guy out there. Uh, It's almost like he's almost very noticeable. And I'm not suggesting that it wasn't a good pickup. I think it was a great pickup. I think uh, my compliments to Lamorello and, 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 and his staff. But uh, I mean, I mean, it just shows you the the pace of play that exists in this Toronto Maple Leaf lineup. And I'm watching a game last night, and and the skill level of 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 Marner, and Nylander, and Matthews, and Connor Brown, and 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 a guy who's highly skilled wasn't even out there. Josh Levo, um, 
these guys, they, 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 they move the puck around like it's on a string. It's just amazing how they find space and time out there, Nez. Yeah, you brought up Levo. Why would he? Wouldn't he be a good fourth line player? Like to add some at least scoring on that line. Who do you take I, him out? Who do you take out? Well, Soshnikov hasn't really done a lot, but he kills penalties, but he hasn't done anything. Yeah, but Babcock's the coach. Yeah, I know. I know, I know. <laughs> and your point <laughs> being, and your My point, point being is that he loves what uh, Soshnikov brings to the to the game. Yeah. He he brings a small piece as as well and as good as Levo has done, and I. I think Levo's going to be a future National Hockey League player. Uh, unfortunately for him, uh, bringing Boyle in, they took one piece of the puzzle out and they put another one in where they needed a little bit more, and they're willing to sacrifice what Levo has to give him, knowing that if anybody more or less decides to regress and not play the Babcock style away, you know, he's, he's going to be the first guy on there. And I, I feel sorry for Eric Fair coming from a Stanley Cup team and, Pittsburgh now he's just a, a he's lost soul here. So is that, I think is, he's is, in, is that the Mark the Mike Gartner story all over again? Remember the old Mike Gartner story? He got traded by uh, by the by the Rangers. Uh, oh, for Glenn Anderson. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, so he, and, he, and he Eric, missed out Eric on the Fear. Stanley Cup. Eric Fear is probably in Lou's dungeon there. With all the is rest he in Roby.land? Yeah, Roby.land. <laughs> yeah, that's where I think he is. Is he in Roby.land with Lupo? I think Lupo? he is. Hey, he won a Stanley Cup last year, and he, was, uh, he, he played well for them. Yeah, you know what? These guys fulfill roles, right? They're that's inter- it. They're interchangeable parts, and you know, they're, they're, there has to be X amount of role players on a team that can play six, seven, eight minutes a game, and they... Uh, they gobble up time and space and, and minutes, and uh, he's one of those guys. There'll be a whole roster full of guys in Lou's dungeon by the time it's done. <laughs> I mean, you, know, you know what? I think Lou doesn't care. Lou, one, Lou, one Iota, I know. As long as at the end of the day he brings <laughs> we, him that Stanley we found, Cup. We found that out from Lou last Sunday. <laughs> Didn't like my first question. He turned. He turned me. He, he gave me. He took me out to the woodshed pretty quick. He's a, he's certainly no nonsense. Lou's got uh, it's Lou's it's his way or the highway or and. Uh, there's no nonsense with him. There's no 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 fooling about that. Anyways, uh, uh, Leafs uh, defense. Um, uh, Morgan Riley is um, been. I don't want to use the word criticized because he's 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 played well, but he's he's almost getting some criticism that he hasn't developed into a true number one. Um, Mind you, he looked like a true number one in overtime last night because that was, I mean, that was a you know a spectacular goal he scored. He had the puck on his stick and circled around the net, so that that was all talent. But um, has he, Lou? Has he developed uh, the way we would have thought that he would have developed? He doesn't seem to have taken his game to the elite level. Is that an unfair is that unfair criticism for Riley? Because there's no question he's a, he's a damn good defenseman. I think it is a, an unfair question only because Brian Burke made such a big deal when they drafted him fifth overall saying that if they had the first pick overall that they would have taken him over anybody in that draft. Uh, and now you got to remember that with Babcock coming here, their structure to every part of everybody's game. And obviously with, with Morgan Riley, the structure is have he's having a little difficulty with the structure that Babcock is trying to install. He might be getting lost a little bit. Uh, I'm looking at uh, Jake Gardner, the way he has played this year. He's played a lot better than people expected him to play but because, again, he's followed the structure uh, that Babcock has put in. Um, Morgan Riley is a... 
very good three and is a good two. He's not a number one. He's not a Dowdy. He's not a Duncan Keith. He's not a uh, he named uh, a, a PK Subban. Um, he's just a guy that goes about and does his job. Uh, great skater. Uh, I, I think the one thing that he's lacking, he's not as physical um, as Mike Babcock would like him to be. Uh, players are more or less. Uh, they're not, you know, they're not scared when they go into the corners with him. And I know he's not that kind of a player, but sometimes you got to be a little bit more physical than you actually are. Uh, and I don't think he he does that to uh, to the Mike Babcock standard. You played against Brian Leach, right, Louis? I bet. Um, you would have got him right at the end. Yeah, yeah. Right at the tail end. Leach came in, I think, in eighty-eight. Yeah, because Riley, yeah. Riley is, he was at the he was at the uh, eighty-eight Olympics, I believe, with the U.S. team. Yeah, so you, yeah. so you would have come in right after that. But Riley uh, was having a great year until he got hurt. I don't think he's fully recovered from his injury. I really don't. Well, uh, you know what? I use what excuses are. It, it's just one of those things. Uh, I know it. It might be. That might be the situation there. Uh, I really don't know. Maybe, you know, it, Morgan Riley's an enigma. He, he's just the kind of guy that really he's he's felt comfortable with the role that he's had right now, and uh, I think people expect a lot more from him. They, they expect him to be that number one, like the Brian Leach, uh, a guy that's going to go coast to coast. Uh, I just don't think Babcock is is actually ready to give him the reins. Yeah to be that number one role. And he's trying to make him an all-around good defenseman before he just says, here, Morgan, you go ahead. You, you've got everything. Uh, go out and uh, lead this team. Um, we're trying to get a hold of uh, Barry Melrose. Obviously, we've had uh, a miscommunication or an issue. Uh, perhaps we got confused on time or whatever. But, uh, he hasn't found any more hairbrushes. Yeah, we're not. doesn't look like we're going to... Be able to speak to Barry this morning. We'll try and we'll try and get him the, this Sunday. The, the social media guys, uh, the most social media that I have seen, the guy, the whipping boy on the lease is still Gardner. Still Gardner. Anyways, I want to follow up on that point, Naz. I'm going to come right back to you. Uh, we've got a few minutes. Why don't we take some calls? Uh, I'll, I'll read out the numbers. I'd love to take your calls. Talk about uh, anything sports. Our numbers, once again, locally, 416-360-0740. Toll free. One eight six six seven four zero four seven four zero. Very quickly, once again, four one six area code four one six three six zero zero seven four zero. Toll free one eight six six seven four zero four seven four zero. And as I asked you to hold that thought, social media's have been terribly critical of of uh, Gardner. Gardner's number one. Uh, his plus minus is, you know, it's it's a question of which statistic you prefer. Do you prefer looking at the game with your eyes, or do you prefer looking at plus minus statistics? Because apparently Gardner's plus minus is very good. Uh, last I had heard, it was like plus fifteen, plus sixteen. This was a couple of weeks ago, but my eyes tell me um, he's got some holes in his game. He makes at times some very, very bad judgments in his own zone. But he's the type of guy, he's all risk-reward. He's, he's, uh, he's going to win you games, and he's going to cost you games. He's, bla- he, he's almost like a, he's a black or white player, not very many shades of gray. Um, 
because he's an outstanding talent offensively. But his decision-making at times in the defensive zone, correct me if I'm wrong, Lou, man, you never know what's going to happen when he's out there. Well, I really can't say what I think about Mr. Jake Gardner because he does have million-dollar legs and usually he uses them to get out of trouble. And uh, it's just, again, it comes down to physicality. He, he seems lost. Uh, he doesn't seem to, to pick up uh, the opposition player very well. And at times he's one of these guys that uh, more, more or less follows that little black puck around the ice and, and forgets um, what his role is and where the, uh, the offensive player is in, our, in the defensive zone. Yeah, he's he's definitely the whipping boy, and he's, he used to be fun enough. Now it's Gardner for sure, and uh, but you know what, the NHL has changed a lot. You you have to skate the puck out more than you ever did, right, Lou? Because you have to have skating defensemen. I feel. Well, you have and, to have skating defensemen. You yeah. have to have a good defenseman that's going to give that first good outlet pass. Uh, and but more or less, you you really it's it is a different game back there. But you've got to take your defense. You got to take your forward out, and you got to pin him sometime. You just can't let him. Uh, uh, skater on even though after he gets rid of the puck. Anyways, uh, we've uh, had a fairly uh, healthy discussion about the Toronto Maple Leafs. There's another team in this city that's uh, having its challenges right now. That, of course, is our basketball team, the uh, Toronto Raptors. Uh, uh, things have not been going good lately since uh, since Kyle Lowry um, uh, got injured, and uh, they lost another one last night, and... Uh, they're losing some of these games rather handily. Um, uh, is, Ra- is Kyle, uh, I mean, it, I would be stating the obvious by suggesting that uh, Kyle Lowry, uh, that the, this team can't go anywhere with, without Kyle Lowry. But uh, they're in a bit of a spin now. So um, um, what's, the, what's the way out of this? Well, I think it's more or less, it's, uh, it's not Kyle Lowry being out. It's the two-headed monster that we have here in Toronto. Uh, it's DeMar DeRozan with Kyle Lowry. And you get a, they have not played a single game, I don't think, with the additions of Ibaka and the, the, with the additions of P.J. Tucker and DeRozan and, and Lowry and, uh, and J.D. So we really haven't seen the real Raptor team here. We've all, all we've seen is DeRozan with the other two kids, uh, Tucker and, um, and Ibaka. So... It's going to be interesting to see when Larry comes back on how teams are going to defend, because right now they've got one true score, and it seems like they're they're taking him away. Uh, quick call, Kevin from Buffalo. How are you this morning, Kevin? Good morning, gentlemen, and welcome to daylight saving time. <laughs> <laughs> Thank quick, you. <laughs> quick, quick comment, gentlemen, on NHL hockey this weekend here in. Buffalo with the Sabres. And interesting fact this week, it was in the newspapers, etc. Uh, head coach Dan Blisma here in Buffalo has sort of got on uh, Jack Eichel and the hockey here in Buffalo. And you look at the standings, and the Sabres are idling at 68 points. And just a very interesting season. They just can't seem to get going and compared to up the queenie and the the great setting with toronto the maple leafs and like you said earlier tampa getting stemco's back possibly the end of the season and 
just a very interesting NHL year so far, gentlemen. You have a lot of teams that are just sort of idling and hope the best with the the race for the playoff position, and the, you gentlemen have a fine week. Thanks so much, Kevin. It's always a pleasure to hear from you. Uh, of course, uh, uh, we don't talk as much about the Sabres, I guess, on this show as we should. Uh, we tend to be Toronto-centric, although we do have uh, we, we, we do uh, have an audience they, in they Western New York. They lost Jack Eichel for 25 games. Yeah. I mean, it makes a big difference when you don't have him in the lineup. He's a stud, right? Well, Jack it, Eichel, it really doesn't. He had one of those injuries, a high ankle injury that it tends to linger a little bit longer than... Uh, I think this really, Kevin's more or less. He was just uh, questioning on Dan Blysmer on on Jack Eichel's work ethic right now. Well, uh, he's uh, Jack Eichel's been one of the most productive players in the NHL since uh, in the last twenty five games. I remember the stats. He, I think he's been a point a game player since he's come. He's thirty three points in thirty two games or something like that. So he, he's he's Jack Eichel has played well in in the last uh, in the last little while. It's just. Um, I would. There's something about this Buffalo Saber team. Um, they seem to have a lot of uh, parts, uh, some good young talent, but uh, they're just they're, they're going around in circles. Um, and I would have thought this year they would have continued their progress. Uh, they seem to have made some progress last year. Um, the trade with Evander Kane. Uh, you know, Evander Kane's a highly, highly skilled. Player, but just you know, he just doesn't seem to be focused in the right direction. Do I have that one right, Ness? Yeah, he's improved though. He's played better this year. Yeah, I mean, Evander well, Kane's very, very. We're, very we're not we're not questioning his talent on the yeah. ice. We're questioning his uh, I mean, his, his ability so to get get into trouble off the ice. Uh, yeah, uh, and usually you know, and it and again, it's it's a it's a player's personality. It's nothing against. Uh, on how he brings this game to the ice, it's more or less, mm-hmm. you know, you look at PK again. We we bring back the trade with uh, PK for for Shea Weber. Uh, it's not that PK can't play in Montreal. They just thought that his personality was a little bit bigger than the than the Habs can handle uh, at that time, and they wanted somebody to come in to, to more or less uh, bring back that uh, Montreal Canadian tradition of. Uh, of simple hockey, and obviously with Carey Price being behind, behind the, the, they've done a great job. And I know that they, you know they went through a slump there with with Terion, but it seems like uh, Claude Julien has turned that franchise around right now. Really quickly, guys, I'm going to throw it to both of you. We have got two minutes left. Uh, it's it's time to start talking about. Uh, we've talked about uh, Rookie of the Year and all the all, all the obvious candidates for Rookie of the Year. Uh, who wins the heart this year? Brett Burns. Yes. Uh, Sidney Crosby. Brett Burns. Is this the most phenomenal season, offensive uh, season for defensemen in a long, long time? Apparently he's been, he's, he's been the leading scorer in the league since January 1st or, uh, or close to it. Uh, he's, he's up there. There's, there's, a, there's a cast of about seven or eight guys who could win the scoring title. There's like five or six guys with 70 points and Connor McDavid uh, uh, 74. That's that's prior to last night. Um, there's there's one of about six or seven guys that could win the scoring title, and Brett Burns is one of them. And and if he keeps going the way definitely, he's going, definitely the Norris for sure. The Norris he, for sure. But you know what? I go back to to when Paul Coffey played and, and Bobby Orr. You, I've never seen a defenseman as good and talented as offensive as Brett Burns right now. And it, it's just one of those things that we knew it was coming. 
We just didn't know when it was going to get here. And maybe his experience with Team Canada has given him that confidence to to take uh, the San Jose Sharks on his shoulders and carry them. I just uh, You got Crosby. Why Crosby, well, not McDavid? Brings back to the World Cup and how Crosby dominated that. And then he went into the season and he dominates when he plays still. Sydney is still the well, best he's player. Well, fo- he's the focus on the ice. I yeah. mean, uh, the, the, you know, he's one of those guys the puck follows him around, and it follows him around because he's got such a, such a passion, and he's just, he brings it like every single, every single night. But the interesting guy that's in the thick of the scoring lead is Brad Marchand. Who would have, four years ago, would you ever have thunk Brad Marchand as, as potentially the highest scoring, most point getter in the league. And he's in second place, tied for second place. Anyways, I'm told our time has come. We've got to exit uh, the studio. Our time has finished for this Sunday morning. Once again, if you're just getting up, uh, make sure you change your clocks one hour forward. We're now Eastern Daylight Time. Louis, thanks so much for joining us. We appreciate it. Pleasure, Wally. Naz, you have yourself a fantastic week. You too. To all our listeners, have a fantastic week. We'll be back here again next Sunday morning at 9. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.